When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. Brian's taking the day off because he's working pro football stuff. Jay Johnson's with me, my regular co-host. What's going on, Jay? Kind of a somber time right now. We're we're, we're kind of feeling it for, our, yeah, there are rivals and everything, but we're also feeling it for the fact that they're also kind of family. Jay, UVA yeah, absolutely. Yeah, John, I think, you know, our hearts and minds go out to the UVA community, the football team in Charlottesville at large. They've had a tough couple of years between this and the stuff that went down a couple of years ago. It's just, you know, it's just not characteristic of Charlottesville too, which is such a beautiful town and community. I will talk trash about UVA all day, every day. It's part of my job. But when it comes to like real life situation type stuff, it's just, it's shocking, particularly for such a beautiful town and a beautiful community. So, How many times I've driven through Charlottesville to go home and stop somewhere or, you know, it's funny, you go to Charlottesville and you're wearing hokey gear and you see, turn around and there are probably more people wearing hokey gear than there are wearing UVA gear. Unless it's basketball season, and then that definitely changes. But yeah, we're um we're keeping we, a lookout. I'm I'm chatting with the streaking the lawn folks, and we're waiting to see if there's some some verified donation places. There's obviously you got to be real careful with scammers who want to take advantage of tragedy. But we're waiting to see if there's places. So as soon as we've yeah. got information for some reliable verified charity type stuff, we'll we'll put that out. So if folks want to donate to help the families of these young men that have been either injured or killed in this horrific attack, and we'll get that this, information out to you as soon as we get it. Yeah, the news stories that are starting to come out that are a little bit more substantial, this situation and circumstances are just really bizarre. And it's going to take a while to sort through. And when that happens, people getting closure, whatever that means, it's still, it's so hard. And it, and, and just speaking from those of us that it, do this sports commentating for a, for a hobby and not a living, but a hobby, the event is, is tragic. It's, it's unexplainable. And, and, and this is one thing that we both have, we all three have said in our conversation back and forth online earlier today. We would not be surprised if UVA closed the door on their season because all five of the kids involved in this were football players. So in in one form or one way or another, it would not surprise me to see UVA bow out for the season. You said it. You were the one who said it. I don't know how you I don't know how we if they do go to the UVA, the finale in the season and they show up to play. I don't know how we show up. to play. Uh, I'm not too worried about what. What's going to happen with us? I mean, hopefully they'll they'll let the the team decide. Oh, it's not something that comes down from on high because I could completely understand a situation where the their fellow football players like want to continue the season in their honor 
type of process. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. I don't want to comment too much on whether or not yeah, UVA is going to cancel this season or not. But yeah, I don't want to be too speculative. I just hope that the folks that are out on the East Coast and stuff are able to provide that that support that that community needs. So, well, here's hoping. Yeah, our thoughts are with them, but we should probably move on before we belabor yeah. the point too right. much. But and and we'll get we'll get with it on a story online. By the time everybody hears this on Friday, something might have resolved, and, and and we'll update it when we post this up. So, okay, we're here to talk about. The close of the football season is more like the slamming of a door, but right in our faces. But I don't know if I'd call it a slamming of the door, just kind of like a arduous, painful creaking as whatever door starts to close. A slam oh. would probably be a little bit better because at least you'd be ripping the Band-Aid off. This is just a slow, painful creaking door closing. <laughs> oh, you mean it's like the young Frankenstein scene with the door, like, and he gets smashed in the door and it's like, whoop. The candle back. You know, it's one of those things that we're going to walk into Lynchburg. God, I don't know who signed up for this one. This one was far beyond my understanding. Well, I mean, we have an agreement with Liberty and yeah. ODU. Yeah. They're in state. They're brand new FBS schools. Like, we shouldn't be in a position to have to be worrying about a team that is not even in a conference, right? But they have had our number. I think they're going to have our number again. Until the until the football team shows me they can win, I'm just picking against them the entire time. Like Georgia Tech was the, the litmus test. They had a shot there. It would not surprise me at all if Liberty wrecked us. They beat Arkansas. They beat BYU. They've been beating all right, you know, not you know, knockdown drag out. They did lose last week. It was tight. Yeah, UConn's game, not bad. They, yeah, but, well, UConn usually is awful. They but, usually are, but they've been yeah, knocking but, down Power Five schools and yeah. and other FBS competition all year to the point where people are talking about which conference are they going to join. They're another yeah. independent that doesn't have a conference right now. That's right. This is the strangest year for football, for college football. It is. It's just bizarre. I'm still trying to figure it out. The series will pick up, you know, the where college football goes, you know, in the future series will pick up. Like I said, I would pick up at the end of the season when we start getting more information in. Well, we've gotten an, an eyeful and an earful of the strangest season going on right now. Besides yeah. just the Hokies losing, just stuff that doesn't make sense. So, you know, college football's in a really weird bind right now. I like it. I like that it's weird. I, I I don't mind the fact that there's going to be a lot of shuffling going on. I think college football had fallen into a very bad pattern. I think that there's a lot of bad juju going on that maybe clearing the air and getting things reshuffled and doing away with the concept of power five and group of five and well, I mean, we'll see what happens there. I, I'm very excited to see what happens when the 12 12 team playoff is instituted. Yeah, that's well, going to be cool. But like, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Let's uh, talk about uh, the Liberty game. Uh, hey, do you really want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, that's what I, we, we have to do. Yeah, we have to, I suppose. Okay, no, I don't see us winning this. I, I was looking at the at the stats. Their quarterback, their leading quarterback, they play other quarterbacks, by the way. Their leading quarterback, Jonathan Bennett's got 1,364 yards. He's not a really great high-rated quarterback, but he's I mean, he, solid. He smokes our stats. Yeah, he's he's solid. I mean, he, he's he's predictable. He's solid. He doesn't run much. He's not a running back. He's a quarterback. It's kind of a and it's a Hugh Freeze thing that I don't think Hugh Freeze has ever been a big seller of the read option. So I think Bennett. Now you do have Caden Salter and Nate Hampton who've had played. They've actually played in five games this year. Yeah, and, you know, so so each. So so we're not talking about somebody it's like a, Salter has 51 completions and and 94 attempts 
It, you know, 54%. Okay, now Josh will tell you that anything below 68% of completion rate is terrible. But I tell you what, it's better than it's better than a lot of other people. Well, pushing. I don't think they're going to have to beat us in the air. Their running back, no. D.D. Hunter, is legit. That guy's yeah. got 800, 800 plus yards on the season, 6.6 yard average, and eight touchdowns. Like, yep. I mean, we have not shown the ability to stop uh, a classy back all season long. I think they're just going to pound us the entire time. We're going to have to cheat forward because we can't get pressure on the quarterback unless we blitz because our defensive line cannot get pressure on merit by themselves. So they're going to have all day to throw. They're going to have all day for their receivers to get open, which is what happened against Georgia Tech. And unless we blitz, which is going to leave us very open to some screen passes, right? It's going to leave us open to D.D. Hunter getting behind the secondary or getting into the secondary because there's no linebackers to help out. Like, why even change the game plan? At this point, every team we play knows how to beat our defense and our offense is just not an issue, right? Just go for it on fourth down unless it's going to turn the ball over potentially in with us in field goal range. There's no yeah. reason for them to do anything else. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing I'm, I'm running. I'm running right. I'm running left. I'm running misdirection. I'm throwing the ball underneath the zone into the flats. And I'm, I'm looking for four covering a wide receiver. And as soon as I see four covering a wide receiver, we're dead. That's still inexplicable. I still, I, I, you know, you know how much I love Dax Hollyfield. Why anybody in this defensive scheme would ever put that kid out on that kind of plateau? I mean, we're talking getting shoved all the way out the the, the narrow end of the branch of a tree and tell him to cover a wide receiver. I'm, yeah, it's, I'm like, it's absurd. I mean, that, that's stuff that some of your most athletic linebackers, period, are going to struggle with doing in you know, power five football or any group of five football NFL players. Like you look at dudes like, you know, like Walker um, and Hutchins that were drafted number one and number two last year, that's stuff that they could do. And that resulted in them being the top draft picks in the NFL. That's not something you can just plug and play. That's a specific, very rare athletic combination for you to be big and tall and fast. Yeah, and, and, and so I mean, we, we have potential in the future, a couple linebackers, Kelly Lawson and, and, and Keonta Jenkins, who could potentially pull some of that off under the zone, but not deep. And not yeah. against elite receivers. Yeah, Absolutely not. No, and they've okay. got a decent little receiver. He's short, but they got a little speedster in Liberty. That dude's got, you know, he averages like 15 yards of reception. What is his name? Demario Douglas. I mean, he's going to eat us alive. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hope he doesn't, right? I don't want to be all doom and gloom. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, is we just haven't seen anything. And so no, until we... the Hokies win, I'm just, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Well, we're going to, we're going to come back here from commercial break and talk about uh, kind of the wrap up the, the football thing, probably throw a couple of predictions in and then and talk about other sports. I think this is probably only going to be a two break make here because uh, like I said, with Brian gone and he's our basketball guy, I'm doing women's basketball. He's doing men's basketball and I'm okay with the basketball stuff, but He's the analyst. So we're going to we're gonna maybe kind of take a trip through that, and you can put a cap on the girls' soccer season, I guess. So yeah. we'll be back after this commercial break. You can catch our podcasts here at Gobbler Country on Apple, Audible, Amazon, Spotify, and our publisher, Megaphone. Follow us on Twitter at Gobbler Country and Facebook, just search for Gobbler Country and look for our turkey.
We're back. Just to close out the Liberty thing real quick and to look looking into the future more than one game at a time is useless. We got two games left and maybe two games left. We just don't know. But the Liberty game might be the denouement of the season. Jay, I know both of us are going to say a big fat red L. Yeah. What, what, what do you think it's going to be? Uh, I, I, I think it's actually going to be closer. I know there's a lot of doom and gloom. I think it's going to end up being closer. We still do have a decent chance for beating them, but I don't think we will until I see it. So I will give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they hold Liberty under 30. So we'll give them 27. We'll say the Hokies score 14 points. I'm not necessarily saying that's offensive scoring. Maybe there's a defensive or special team score somewhere in there, but I'm going to go with the 27-14 Liberty. Yeah, you're thinking... I came up wrong on our total because I overestimated. I said 10 points, and we only got seven in the last. So No kidding. My, and Liberty's a 10-point favorite or a nine-and-a-half-point yeah, favorite. Nine, like, nine and think a half about that. Favorite. That hurts, man. Just looking at that line makes my head hurt. I, I usually look them up before we go and talk, and, and I just haven't had the guts to. And my buddy out in Reno is probably going to come back and tell me these are the odds. And, you know, and I go back and I check, and... And he usually gives the kind of middle grade odds. And I'm like, I can't disagree with you. I, Other than the fact that as bad as this offense is, unless the defense or the special teams score something, I don't see us scoring more than a touchdown against. Yeah, so, when you look back at our games too, the ones that we kept it close, it wasn't the offense scoring. Georgia Tech, offense didn't score in the second half, right? Nope, nope. It was special teams and, special and teams. a defensive pick six. Yeah. So... I'm more along the lines of the fact that the defense will melt again. Yeah. And we're, you know, because they're just going to spend so much time on the field. I was woozy looking at the stats when I saw 20 minutes and 42 seconds that the defense was on the field in the last game. I'm like, I don't know how they dragged themselves off the bench. You yeah, spend that much time on a, on the field as a defense. And we're talking about wind sprints back and forth, back and forth. And then, of course, then in the interior of the line, you're talking about car collisions. So if this offense can't produce anything, and I don't see any signs that it can, I'm looking at seven to 10 points tops. And again, probably third 27, 28 to maybe 35 for Liberty. I, I just Dude, think when you when you look smoked. back at last week, if we had not connected on a low percentage pass to Lofton, our scoring streak's done. Yeah. Like it we was, weren't even close after that. Nope. There was nothing. Our offense literally was dead. I counted five three and out. Five. Yeah, I forget exactly how many there were. I know that 50% of the snaps or 50% of the drives were three and outs. Yeah, it was like five. And then there were four and outs and five and outs. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we get a first down. or Yeah, like that on the first play, the, the drive, they'd get 11 yards. And then it would basically be a three and out. You're like, yeah, they still only gained nine yards somehow. And I don't know. I think I know for sure we had at least one, but maybe two or three drives that were actually negative yardage but uh, i think the other thing that'll be very interesting to see is a lot of red shirts expired this past weekend like yeah. holloway's who's our young punter punt returner punt returner holloway yeah holloway okay sorry like his he's been in four games so well it'll well, be interesting well, to see well, what they end up see doing. if they show up on the field if they don't it means they're saving that red shirt that's what i mean like it'll be very yeah. interesting to see who i haven't seen the depth chart i don't think it's been released yet but it'll be interesting to see who's on there. Yeah, I, and we'll we'll like I said, we'll post it up when when this when the stub article comes up and we go through stuff and and we go to publish 
the link. Honestly, I say play them. You know, yeah, they're gonna go if they're good. They're gonna leave. If well, I don't want to go they end up being that good. far. If they're good and they start winning, then <laughs> they stick around. But I mean, like we might as well. I don't know what we have to gain. But you know, you know the the joke is is that you can actually redshirt later. Believe it or not, you can. Got, like Malachi can Thomas should game. be redshirted this yeah. year. They should redshirt Malachi Thomas. Malachi Thomas should get his red shirt. If you were a true freshman, you played all the way through, and you hit your sophomore year, they can throw the red shirt on you your sophomore year. Now you can't play at all. It's like you don't get four games. You you have to sit. And I'm I'm of the impression that you've got a good idea. I would put Thomas on the bench, get him healthy, get him beefed up a little bit more, get his timing down, and figure out what to do with him in the offense. Yeah. Because this offense is clueless. I, yeah, I mean, and you could, it's even worse. Like, it makes me wonder... Those three games, if Thomas hadn't been in those three games, if we would have even been remotely competitive. I don't think we would have. He's by far, by far, and I said it before the season even started, he is our only legitimate threat on on offense. Yeah, and and even if he doesn't really do much as far as run or whatever, he's such a threat. Yeah, they have to honor him. You have to honor him. And and then you get a little bit of Wells, who... Okay, yeah, he, he can't read downfield, which is not his fault. That's when you're not reading downfield, that's coaching. Well, there's you, probably limitations there too. Like at some point you hit diminishing returns. Like there are limitations, right? Yeah. Coaching's not going to make people run faster. Coaching's not like I honestly want to know, and I know that they're not going to talk about it, but was it our first fourth down conversion attempt where they threw that low percentage pass to Caleb Smith and he was like contorting himself to try to catch the ball? In my mind, I, I think that the coaches are going to sit there and back their players up, but I doubt that was the call. I, they probably wanted him. That's like, yeah, Caleb Smith, go go up there. So if they're dumb enough to not cover it, it's an option. But like, they probably wanted to go lower. Needed four yards. Four yards. All he needed to do is throw the ball under the zone. They evacuated the zone. I'm like, where's the route? Now you can't see much on the TV, but you can see enough. And I'm like, I don't see a route underneath the zone at four yards, but just behind the sticks. Uh, I, nothing. There's nothing yeah. there. Uh, you know, so I'm like, well, back where? to back to the well, man. Back to our hits. Where's the intermediate passing game? When we when we've tried to establish it, we're actually reasonably competitive. And now we're back to what we were doing last year, which is like, let's throw the ball deep to our best receiver and see what happens. Yeah, cross your fingers, please. Yeah. Anyway, the football yeah. team's not very good. It's the worst it's been in 70 years. Let's talk about something that we're better at. Like yeah, wrestling. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, let's go. Okay. You got you got two minutes cover cover what happened with the wrestling. Okay, so the, uh, the yeah, pretty solid. So the number ten Virginia Tech Hokies went to Columbus to take on the number four Ohio State Buckeyes. So it was a close match, duels match. This was our season opener for the duels. Ohio State ended up winning eighteen to thirteen, but there was a lot to take a look at in there that was exciting. So the coolest thing that happened is Caleb Henson upset Ohio State's Sammy Sasso. And he, Sammy Sasso is the number two wrestler in the country at 149. Caleb Henson's no slouch. He's ranked number 27. But the fact that we were able to sit there and upset one of Ohio State's best and their highest ranked wrestler was pretty awesome. We had some other successes. Makai Lewis, all right, at 174. He's the one that was in the uh, finals for the national championship at 174 last year. A top 10 matchup. He's number two right now. He defeated number six, Ethan Smith. And then our other top 10 matchup, Hunter Bolin, you've heard that name before as well if you're paying attention last year. Number nine at 184, lost to Ohio State's number four, Caleb Romero. We also had Sam Latona at 133 and Tom Crook at 141 take victories. So pretty solid performance actually from from the wrestling team and, and realize that the way the wrestling works is that 
if you lose a duels match, that's not the end of the world, right? It's not like football and things like that where a loss is, you know, just dictates the end of the season. So I'm excited to see it. The other cool thing is that actually uh, number two, Sammy Sasso, the Ohio State, his brother was recruited by Virginia Tech. So he's going to be a Hokie here in a couple of years. The Hokies have, I want to say it was a top 10 wrestling recruiting class. I haven't really had a chance to dig into it, but they had a solid recruiting class. And that's it for wrestling. John, what do you got? Yeah, besides our little commercial break here, and we'll talk a little bit about basketball on the return. So if everybody will hang in there, we'll do the commercial thing, and then we'll be right back. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us today for this episode of Talking Turkey, presented by SB Nation's Gobbler Country. If you haven't already, like and follow us on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, at Gobbler Country, and check out the website, gobblercountry.com. Until next time, take care and go Hokies. Okay, we're back. Hey, uh, Jay, you said you wanted to switch off and you were done with wrestling. Hey, let's go to something that uh, I know you're not a big basketball analyst, but you are a big Hokie and a fellow Hokie, a fellow graduate of this august, weird little institution in the mountain. And one of the things that we have that we've had for a while is a quality women's basketball program. Now, I know a lot of people don't pay much attention to women's basketball. Well, when you get a chance to watch, watch. We love it. We go over to Castle Coliseum, and the only difference between men's and women's basketball, as far as timing goes, is they cut everything into quarters. They have a 10-minute, 10 10-minute. 10 it's the same length of game. It's just that they have a break in, in between the halves, so you don't play a half and a half. You play quarter, 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 quarter. That's the only difference. The other difference that you have with the women's basketball team is, of course, women are shorter and the ball's a little smaller because their hands aren't as massive, especially for guys that are like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Now, there's some there's some women that are pretty tall. One of those tall women Kitley. is Kitley. <laughs> She's 6'6". Six, six. But I've stood right next to her. Liz Kitley's 6'6", six, six, but Liz Kitley is, you know, She's a pencil. She's 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 not a big girl. Either way, she's draining. But I, I love her. She's I love nasty, every minute of watching nasty her. Nasty basketball I, player. Yeah, I love every minute of watching her play. And that's what people need to get a hold of. These games are exciting. They're fun. And you know what? We get a chance to see a winner. So when you see it on TV, if you see a Hokie women's basketball game, or you want to, a lot of times they'll have them on the ACC, you know, the feeds. Do, do yourself all those games streamed. pretty much get streamed. Yeah, the stream, the games get streamed. Go, go out and watch one, and and don't be judgmental. Oh, it's women's basketball. No, these are really playing good right basketball now. players, and and they're playing, they're playing right, right now. now. They are playing. And you can right watch now. the screen. You can watch the stream on ESPN. They're yeah. destroying South Carolina Upstate twenty to five. Yeah. I hadn't gotten a chance to check. I was just jumping on and pull up the stats for the Bucknell game. And then I was going to go jump over and do the live stream of the stats for the for the active game. Because we can't call play-by-play, unfortunately. They don't let us do that. But we didn't go to the Bucknell game. We went to the op- we went to the season opener. My wife and my daughter and I went to the season opener as Hokie fans and sat in the stands and relaxed and enjoyed ourselves. And the team, okay, right now, this is kind of interesting. Hey, had a little trouble with Bucknell last week in the first half. Bucknell came out in the first quarter and and really challenged, and Tech only managed to get up 13 to 11 in the first quarter. They, they There was kind of a lid on the bucket, and they weren't doing real well. The second quarter, Bucknell kind of kept pace. They scored 12, and 
Tech put up 18, which, you know, kind of stretched it a little bit, gave them, gave them a little bit of breathing room. And of course, then they had to come out of the, they had to come out of the locker room and kind of start to get, get kind of going. But the upshot was Kitley, Liz Kitley, our center, her six foot six center from North Carolina. She, she ended up playing a total of 35 minutes in the game and she was 10 of 19. Didn't shoot any three pointers, and she actually was perfect free throws for two of two. She didn't get any any. All this stuff was two points. All this stuff was either two points or one point. But she had thirteen rebounds, so she ended up with twenty two points. When you get twenty two points in old classic basketball, where there are no three point, you know, where there are no three point shots, you get twenty two points. That means you've made you know eleven baskets, and then thirteen. She had thirteen rebounds. She made eleven baskets. That means most of her stuff was in the paint or just off the paint. She's pretty dominant on the inside, and that's pretty cool. Then Georgia Amor was right behind her. She played twenty seven minutes of the game. She was only three of ten, but she was two of seven from three point range, and she was three of four in her free throws and of course those three pointers put her over in double digits uh, for 11 points but that but that was a team effort almost everybody off the bench scored something Charlize Dunn actually got a chance to get in and she actually put two in so it was kind of a team effort to to win that basketball game and that's something that we don't see a whole lot of because we don't watch the women's basketball is you don't see that that dominating that dominating push like you do with the men you don't see that uh, you see that that there's it's more of a control game so they have to set up more so they spend more time that's why the first game with 101 points was was pretty surprising that's why you don't see women's basketball push 100 points that often because they have to set up more they spend more time they spend more quality time trying to get good shots because for the most part they're shorter i mean uh, you know like amor is only like five 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 six so and this is women's basketball you see amor and kitley and amor a foot shorter than kitley so yeah. you don't see that difference in men's basketball but women's oh. basketball is cool and they're doing well yes yes so <laughs> men now let's go to men's basketball real quick because also because, cool and also doing well <laughs> yeah also cool also doing well both teams are three and oh the last game was on tv for most well people. hopefully they'll be three and oh right women have only played two is that correct uh, yeah they've only played two but i mean you t- they're on their yeah, way they're well on their way to three and oh right now yeah. and, and, okay so this is all early season tournament stuff or, or early season tryout stuff or playing down stuff or whatever yeah the men started a little slow on the last game we'll see how that goes the timing can't got caught up by the end of the half and by the end of the first half and pretty much it was hunter couture's game he was putting threes in from you know several different angles well tech was He's- pretty dominant in the first half against william and mary i mean 57 points yeah. is nothing to sneeze at no, it's not. It's just that it took that. Okay. What you start looking at is, okay, what are you scoring on pace? Are you keeping up a rhythm and pace? Are you getting the ball down the court, getting the ball up? But, you know, are you, or are you starting to have to kind of work hard to get the ball up? Now, one thing is, is Tech's defense is really good. They've got a pretty impressive offense. Last year, their defense wasn't so hot in spots, but this year, Mike Young has got their defense built up a little bit, and they're pretty intimidating in the defensive side of the ball. Now, that also means that a lot of times they put up a three-point shot and run back down the court instead of pressing to go in and, and, and get a rebound. So, you know, we'll see if they, if they start following up a little bit more. But 
I see some good things on that we're going to have a really fun winter. Put it bluntly, tech deserves a good, fun, productive winter. I think both of these teams are do well. I think the women are rated about where they are, and which is 13, 14. I think I think yesterday they came out with a poll of four. Uh, they were fourteen. They lost one point, but you know, like I said, basketball polls are. So especially so, this early in the season. Yeah, this early in the season, you just don't know. But the the men are still beginning dissed. And I'm serious. They are. They're getting. They dissed. are. They're. They drew 15 votes in the eight, in the current AP poll, and and that's not fair. There there are teams that are of in front of them that are there purely for image sake. So I'm thinking that Mike Young's going to have to put up some pretty good stuff over the next. 10 games before he really gets recognized as this team as being uh, being a lot better than they look, even though they won the ACC. Of course, they won the ACC last year, and everybody, yeah. oh, they won the tournament. They didn't win the season. They won the tournament. Well, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But guess what? That's the ACC championship, not the season. There's no ACC championship for this Yeah, season. I mean, it's the, the, the women's team won the season but lost the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> So, and they didn't get a little banner that said they won the ACC. So, so it's, we'll see. But for those of you, we're going to still talk about, we're going to get Jay up to speed on some basketball and um, we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) We'll work on her. We'll see. As we work on Jay and get him a little bit better with the big round ball, he's still got all the other stuff. We're going to say goodbye. But we're going to say we loved you, soccer team, women's soccer team. West Virginia sort of ran by them. And, yeah, they were and, pretty competitive for the first half. But, it was zero yeah. zero, and then I think they just they just yeah. got beat. Yeah, they just they got had beat. eleven shots total, and nine of those shots were on goal. And Virginia Tech only had two shots on goal, yeah. so their their offense was was kind of all over the Hokies. Yeah, so so you know, but we love the effort. We love the fact that they got the invite, that they did well. Sometimes you just got to smile and take the next one. And right now, the next one is two basketball teams that are hot and a wrestling team that's hot. So yeah, I'm excited to see what that rest dude. I'm really excited to see what that wrestling team looks like in two or three years. Like I, you know, maybe I'm getting a little bit optimistic, but what what Coach Roby is putting together that recruiting class, like snagging, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, snagging the number one heavyweight Jimmy Mullen, which we've been Sasso. lacking. Yeah, we've been lacking like coaching Sasso. Man, well, we've had some pretty good heavyweights. Like but, we had to do but that the last couple ultimate. of years. Yeah, but no, we've had some pretty good heavyweights. We we, we have won. we haven't won enough. I guess heavyweight, depends heavyweight on what you mean by hard. win. Yeah, it it is hard, hard. But uh, it is hard. But our our what, three years ago, I mean, he was he was in the yeah, he was in the NCAA was, tournament. But yeah. anyway, point being, in in a couple of years, we might be in a position to to like legitimately challenge for for a national title as a team, not just a. We've got we've got talent on there that can challenge individually for their specific weight class. It's always tough though. I mean, Penn State is the the Alabama of of wrestling, dude. Those guys have they have more national championships in wrestling than Alabama does in the last fifteen years in football. Like they're just so dominant. But anyway, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to winter sports yeah. a lot. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Talking about good things. So if everybody will just keep with us, we're gonna keep with you and we're gonna keep with the Hokies. So what do you say, Jay? Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Go Hokies.